What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Stand Up Guys Podcast, episode 169. All right. I'm your host, Incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by the Ninth Wonder, Chocolate Thunder, licking feet and beating his meat. From the big toe to the pinky, he likes him dirty and stinky. He's got a case of athlete's tongue and a high heel in his bung. The phenomenal AJ Singh. That's got to be a new one. I've done that one once before. Oh, okay. But that doesn't mean I need to come up with it. Well, uh, it's episode 169, like I said, and we got a sexy, sexy review of the Loki season finale, AJ. Yeah. Um, So uh, anyone who hasn't watched or listened to any of our other reviews, uh, the thing that sets us apart is we're going to do a quick, you know, non-spoilery review, but then we're going to go into a a granular detail on this bad boy. Uh, But AJ, you know, we were going into this episode as we wonder a lot with these uh, Marvel shows, is this going to stick the landing? And I got to say, thankfully, as far as my opinion goes, I think Loki season two did nail the landing. I actually ended up liking this quite a bit. What about you? Yeah, I liked it. I just, uh, you know, I feel like it's kind of open-ended. I I don't exactly know what, like, I don't know exactly how it ended. Like, I I don't know what the exact resolution was. I know, like, you know, it it worked out, but uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what that was. Yeah, we'll get into it, but the... What happens, you know, Loki's actions towards the end of this episode, I think it leaves up to interpretation, you know, what he did actually means for the MCU. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I know the answer to that myself or, um, but uh, I mean, yeah, I think they definitely leave that up in the air a little bit, yeah. which makes me think they, well... I guess it depends on uh, viewership and stuff, but I think there's definitely room for a Loki season three. There's definitely some threads here. They got to continue somewhere, whether or not it's in a Loki season three or somewhere in the Kang movie. Mm -hmm. um, There's definitely some threads that I think got to, you know, come back into play at some point. Uh, But no, I was satisfied with this season finale. I thought this season overall, I think, I think, uh, I can say with confidence that Loki is uh, their best show. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Even beyond WandaVision, which would be my second pick overall. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think, I think Loki definitely surpasses. And um, I think, I don't know if this is true, but I heard like, um, at least some of the, creative force behind loki is is going to be joining the daredevil show which makes me happy okay that's good news yeah mm-hmm. um aj any any uh uh off the top thoughts before we go into detail um it had a whole uh groundhog's day kind of feel to it at the beginning and uh you know i wasn't sure that was gonna happen i, I didn't you know just jumped right into it that was pretty cool that's actually a good point actually multiple points in this episode they had it like that ground groundhog's day yeah. <laughs> type of thing uh-huh. where you like had to keep going back and trying again <laughs> and trying again and trying again um i did like that aspect yeah. uh, uh uh of this episode um all right should we get into it let's do it so episode six uh, of season two entitled glorious purpose of course a throwback to uh uh loki's line from uh I believe the Avengers movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm burdened with glorious purpose. Um, so I do like that, uh, just like with the Wild West episode, they played around with the opening credits uh, again, this time playing them in reverse. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a, a nice little uh, trick. 
Um, so, like we saw at the end of the last episode, Loki time slips um, back before the loom was destroyed. So this time, he, he kind of, you know, he rushes through it. He's like, timely. Okay, you you got to do it. You got to get in the suit, you know. He tries to get him out there as fast as possible. Yeah. Uh, but it, once again, as soon as he goes out, spaghetti. Yeah. Spaghetti. Uh-oh, spaghetti. <laughs> um, so he he asks Obi what they could have done differently. And Obi says, uh, that's a good question. Uh, we just took too long. Um, so now we get a montage of Loki, like you were saying, Groundhog's Day, mm-hmm. going back just a little bit further, a little bit further. He, he tries to get through telling Timely what to do faster and faster and faster. Yeah. But each time, spaghetti, 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 he just keeps dying. It's not working. Mm-hmm. Um, we see at one point he goes back far enough to uh, when Renslayer was alive again. Right. And he takes Timely there. Same thing. He, he rushes through the thing, but he dies anyway. So finally, he goes all the way back to when he first introduced Timely to OB, and he basically quickly explains the whole plan. He's like, you see this model? The guy's going to put on the suit, go out here. Oh, you say, I know what you're going to say next. Like, there's still a problem. Well, luckily, he's got a little doodad in his book bag here that's yeah. uh, prototype's going to fix everything. Uh, and he's like, uh, but then he asks OB, um, how long would it take him to learn what OB and Timely know about physics. And uh, they reply, it would take centuries. And then we get a title card that says uh, centuries later, <laughs> which it almost reminds me of that like uh, SpongeBob <laughs> bit, like one century later. <laughs> but also like, uh, I mean, Timely learned everything in like his lifetime and Obi learned everything in his lifetime. Is, is Loki like that much slower that it took him centuries? I was wondering that too. I mean, I mean... To be fair, like OB in the TVA, I guess, has been around maybe for centuries. Okay. But Timely hasn't been. Yeah. So, yeah, you would think. I mean, I get that Timely's like a genius and everything, but centuries? like Yeah, you think he would, could maybe do it faster than a century. Yeah. Or centuries, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I was thinking that too, but I mean, Loki, he's he's really dedicated <laughs> if, he, if he did that. Yeah. Um, um, Okay. Also, like, I'm wondering, like, because as we get into it, we'll find out that they they don't, they hint that he failed even more times than we actually see. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, like, you know, did, did he at least first try to just have them do it themselves faster and that failed and we didn't see it? So he's like, oh, God, I'm going to have to learn physics, ain't I? Or, you know? Right, yeah. Instead of just jumping to, oh, I better learn the physics of this, you know? Right, right. Um. But anyway, yeah, so centuries later, um, so now we're in the loom, loom room. Loki's quickly running timely through the plan again. Um, and through his dialogue, um, this is what I was just talking about. We get the sense that he's already tried this multiple more times that we didn't see because he tells timely like, hey, you know, don't drop the soap. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> don't yeah. drop the... <laughs> and like he like predicts what everybody's going to say, at least what Mobius is going to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, things like that. So yeah, he's like, don't drop the thing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to roll off the platform. And then he says, we're going to do it this time. And Mobius keeps picking up on that. Like, this time? Like, yeah. we've been here before, you know? Um, so Timely goes out and, you know, they, they ratchet up the tension. He's like very slowly walking and then he has trouble pushing the button. Uh, but he does make it. He just barely makes it. Uh, and the plan uh, seemingly works. The loom starts to stabilize. Everybody starts cheering. But uh-oh, AJ, suddenly the loom starts to get overloaded once again. Yep. 
Um, Timely says the branches are duplicating and expanding at an infinite rate. He says it's a scaling problem, and the loom will never be able to accommodate an infinitely growing multiverse. Now, him and OB are smart. Could they have not possibly, you know, through the centuries or whatever? Uh, well, I guess they didn't experience centuries, but um, could they not have seen this coming? Yeah, and my question was, like, how did they create the loom in the first place, then, if there's infinite timelines? Like, don't you have to, like, eventually, like, have to be able to wrangle them up to create the loom and, like... Well, they were constantly pruning, so that... Yeah, but, I mean, like, before anybody ever, like, pruned, before anybody ever created the the loom, like, there was probably infinite timelines, right? Like... <sighs> well, I don't know, because, like... I would have thought that, you know, there's the sacred timeline, the original timeline, and then it seemed like, but my question is like, you would think that would exist no matter what. So you wouldn't think they would have needed a loom for the existing timeline. So like, I don't know, like. Because I mean, like there was a multiversal war before that. So that means there must have been other timelines, right? So was it infinite before? Like. Yeah, I'm. I I agree. I'm a little hazy on the timeline of yeah. what exactly occurred. Right. Well, it. I don't know because you know, as we find out, like in this episode, he who remains eventually says, like, the loom was created as a as a failsafe. But like, yeah, I don't know exactly when the loom was created. Is my thing. Yeah, like how and when, like, like did the loom still ex did the loom exist during season one? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little confused about that myself, but, um, but yeah. Anyway, it's a scaling problem, and the and the loom's gonna break no matter what. Um, and Sylvie says, as soon as the timeline started branching, this was doomed to happen. So yeah, I guess the loom then must have existed before she killed he who remains. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think the the loom has existed as long as the TVA's existed. Like. So I guess the, if the loom was a failsafe, it was basically, you know, I guess built around the sacred timeline in case, like, the pruning stopped and things started going haywire with a bunch of variant timelines. Okay. But in this case, there's just too many of them. Mm. And, like, the loom can't take it, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so after Sylvie says that, Loki puts it together that, like, basically the his only choice is to go all the way back to the end of time and prevent Sylvie from killing he who remains in the first place. So he does that. And like, she keeps telling him, if you want to stop me, you're going to have to kill me. And so since Loki doesn't want to kill her, he just keeps failing uh, again. Another groundhog's day scenario. Yeah. Uh, he keeps failing. She keeps killing. He who remains. He has to keep going back in time, back in time, back in time. Um, eventually Loki tells he who remains like, why are you just letting her kill, kill her? Why don't you, you know, fight back and do something. So when he says that he free, uh, he who remains freezes Sylvie in place and he asks Loki how long he's been trying to stop her. Uh, he who remains says he's surprised Loki hasn't learned to pause time yet. Um, he knows about the time slipping and figures um, he and Loki have had this conversation before. Um, he said he paved the road uh, for Loki's time slipping and asked him if he really thought he'd just sit back and let Sylvie kill him. Um, so he doesn't go into detail like this, but, you know, we were wondering, like, why did Loki start time slipping in the first place? And, like, he's saying that he somehow caused it. Yeah. Um, so he tells Loki 
he can go through this a thousand more times. And he's like, just let me know when you're ready to have, have a conversation. So he unpauses Sylvie. And then Loki then pauses time himself. And he's asks he who remains, what makes you think this is the first time we've had this conversation? Um, so again, um, I kind of like that they did this, you know, where like, we just gleaned that like, a lot of things have happened that we're not actually seeing, yeah. but they've happened, you know? I mean, I, I thought that was kind of ambiguous. Like, maybe he was bluffing. Oh, maybe, that could maybe be. Maybe he was telling the truth. I don't know. I couldn't tell on that one. That could be. But I figure, like, you know, he, he you know, he, we find out, you know, he did learn how to pause time. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, so I kind of think they probably did have conversations like this before, but okay. it's hard telling. Yeah. Um. So he who remains, like... um. He's like, I assume you met like my stuttering like doppelganger timely. And he's like, I bet he told you that it's a scaling problem. And he's like, there is no scaling problem. Uh, but Loki's like, what do you mean? It destroyed the TVA. Uh, and he who remains says the loom is a fail safe. And that when it's overloaded with branches, it deletes the ones that aren't supposed to be there. <sighs> now, if that's true, why did they ever have to go through the trouble of pruning to begin with? Couldn't yeah. if the loom was going to self-regulate, why did they have to even prune? I mean, maybe it's like uh, they still had to get rid of timelines where timely could exist, like where uh, he, he, he oh, where the variants could exist. Yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah, he says it, it's going to delete everything that's not supposed to be there. Everything except the sacred timeline. <clears throat> he says the TVA is just collateral damage, and it's easy to rebuild. Um, he who remains says his variants are already out there. Uh, so I'm confused. Like, if it doesn't destroy the sacred li- timeline, how come it seemed like it was destroying every timeline? Like, what, were they not in the sacred timeline at some point at the end? There. <sighs> That's a good question. My guess is that the TVA kind of sits outside of the sacred timeline. So I, I think even if the loom was destroyed and the TVA was destroyed the sacred timeline would still exist. Okay. I think. Okay. Um, so yeah, he who remains says his variants are already out there. And Loki says he won't go stop going after them. And he who remains is like, I know, but the outcome to this equation remains the same. You lose. Loki loses. Uh, Loki says he knows, uh, but he says he's going to change the equation and he's going to break the loom. I mean, that's that's a good question. So... If he breaks the loom, then the branches just keep expanding, right? But, like, w- would that even cause, like, a problem if there is an infinite number of... Because we were thinking here, it's like, oh, the problem is the loom's going to explode and that's going to kill everything. But that doesn't really sound the case. Right. I mean, I, I guess the more variations, the more Kangs, and maybe Loki was convinced that'll bring about the end of the world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he remains says destroying the loom will cause a brutal war where nothing survives. Now... Yeah, so it sounds like he's worried about Kang's. Like, that's what his main thing is. Now, question. We already know from Quantumania and and th- what his dialogue here that, you know, there's already some variations of Kang from the the different timelines that popped up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when Docs did her plan where in the like first episode where she killed like a ton of timelines, presumably mm-hmm. that would have killed, you know, a lot of Kangs, right? Yeah. So, but I think they 
just come back, right? Like, I don't know if it's the same timelines or what the deal is, but they always just grow back, don't they? Yeah, I guess if they stop the pruning, they just infinitely keep coming back. I guess so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like I don't. It's it's weird though because like. God, when you really start thinking about it, it's I know. it does mess up your mind a little bit because it's like you know Loki's like bet- between like because if he the thing is if their plan to fix the loom would have worked, there still would have been multiple kings. Yeah, and like, did he think that wouldn't bring about the end of the world? Like, there would be less than like if the loom was totally destroyed, but there'd still be a fair amount of multiple kings. Wouldn't yeah. that still lead to some sort of king war? Yeah, I mean, I would think so. I. I guess it's just a numbers situation. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, so he remains as like, what do you think is going to happen to your friends if you break the loom? Uh, he says he keeps everything safe, and what he offers is mercy. Uh, Loki asks, is that mercy for uh, him or he who remains himself? Um, Loki says he'll find another way. So he remains says, hmm, okay, and he brings Sylvie uh, back into the picture. Like, he doesn't... Like earlier, like he does the first time he paused her, the second time he just like kind of like flitted her out of like the scene or whatever. Now he brought her back, and I don't think he's unpaused her yet. But and like I I still don't really get what he who remains is still doing at like his overall like plan, you know? Like obviously he knows what's gonna happen. He already just told Loki everything. Like, you know, if you get rid of the loom, you know, like this is what happens. He gives up all that information. He must still have a way of like getting whatever he wants to do to to happen. I, I just don't understand it though. Like how his plan takes effect. Well, I, I I'm thinking by telling Loki that he thought that Loki, you know, would be like you know go back on his plan to destroy the loom, um, which would work in he who remains his favor. I guess. I mean, ultimately, I think he who remains would rather they go back to the old way of just, like, pruning all the time. Yeah, but at the same time, like, the fact that he divulged to Loki that you can get rid of the time, the loom, you know, you can, it's, it'll still be okay, basically. Like, why would he tell him that, you know? Well, he's telling him that if he destroys the loom, a bunch of kings are going to show up and kill everybody, including his friends. Yeah, and so, I mean, I still, I, I have concern, like, is he going to come back? Like, it's still the same question for me. Like, is that version of Kang going to come back? Like, the one who's in that chair? If there's infinite timelines or something? That's where it gets weird with the time, timey-wimey of it all. Yeah. Because it's like, he's saying he's at the end of time, but is he really? Because, like, you know, his death, you know, wouldn't season two of Loki technically had to take place uh chronologically after the end of time (laughs) yeah (laughs) so that's where the whole time thing gets sticky yeah but i mean i I gotta figure he who remains you know in his plan of plans is to keep himself alive right i would think so yeah he's got a he wants he wants to be the ultimate king yeah unless like i unless he's just tired and he just really doesn't want to do anymore but the I don't know. He even says in this episode, do you think I would really let her just kill me? Right. Wow, that's confusing. <laughs> it definitely does make you think about it, and I definitely don't have all the answers. Yeah. I, um, it would be interesting to me to know if like the writers of the show have it completely straight in their heads. I hope so. <laughs> I really hope they have it all figured out. Um, so, yeah, he says, um, 
he remains, says Loki can destroy the loom and bring about the end of everything, or he can kill Sylvie and they can protect what whatever they can. Um, so Loki jumps all the way back to his first interview with Mobius. So this would be like season one, episode one mm-hmm. stuff. And he basically tells Mobius everything that he's going to do. He's like, oh yeah, you're going to play me a vision of all, you know, everything I've ever done in my past life and all that. Um, and Mobius is like, how are you doing this? He, he really got Mobius to like open up pretty easily here. Yeah. Which didn't seem realistic to me, considering that Mobius was more like uh, an antagonizer in this situation. Like, you know, he was trying to like break him down still. Right in the beginning of this yeah. series. So he got him to like, to become a friend really easily. <laughs> That's true. I mean, basically being able to predict every move, though, maybe Mobius is like, well, this guy's got to know something. Yeah. You know, but you're right. He does kind of open up to him pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so he asks Mobius how he chooses who lives and who dies. And Mobius kind of gives him the patented like TVA answer. He's like, we don't say kill. We, we prune the timeline. And, we, you know, uh, and the Time Lords tell us who, and this is all for the greater good of protecting the sacred timeline and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Mobius tells the story of how um, him and another hunter were going after an eight-year-old boy um, and pruning him would save like thousands of lives. Uh, But he said, um, or maybe he didn't say him. He says like two hunters were going after this eight-year-old boy. And anyway, one of them um, uh, hesitated to prune the eight-year-old boy. And it caused the hunter to die and all these problems or whatever. And he says, you have to keep sight of the big picture. Uh, Mobius says, you don't want to live uh, with that kind of burden. Uh, so Loki puts it together that Mobius was the one who hesitated to kill mm-hmm. the boy. And he's like, so what happened uh, to your partner after you couldn't prune the boy? And he says, she's doing all right, actually. She became a judge. And so Loki puts it together that Mobius' partner was Renslayer. Mm. And I don't know if they've established that in the previous uh, season or not. I can't I don't remember, remember them like officially saying that they were partners. Or anything. Yeah, I don't mm. think they did. Um, so Mobius says there was no comfort to be had in that situation and that you just have to choose your burden. Like there's going to be a burden of some sort. You got to choose it. Uh, so they shake hands, and then Mobius and that world uh, spaghetti out as well and disappear. Um, which, why would that have caused that world to die? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, if it, if he went back in time, then the spaghetti stuff should have happened, like, when the loom destroys and stuff. Like, he should have been fine up until that point, right? Yeah, I, I was wondering, like, why that world would have destroyed. I wasn't quite sure. Cause it, and also, it's the TVA. It's not, like, yeah. you know, on a timeline, because the TVA is kind of outside of the time. Maybe everything's relative to Loki. Like, he's the one time-slipping, so once he leaves the time period, it just disappeared at that point. Maybe. Yeah, they don't really explain that. Uh, so now Loki jumps to the scene in OB's workshop, where, you know, everybody was spaghettiing out and disappearing. Uh, but he pauses time before Sylvie disappears so that they can talk. You know what's weird? If he was going to pick, because he, he basically could have picked any moment in time to go back and talk to her. Why would he choose this one? Like, oh, I just want to see all my friends die again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Pretty sad. <laughs> um, so Loki fills her in on the situation. And she's like, if you're looking for my blessing to kill me, um, I'm not going to give that to you. Um, he 
asked what he should do. Um, it's the sacred timeline or nothing. Um, she says it's not enough to protect the sacred timeline. And even there, it's full of death and destruction and injustice. She asks him if he wants to be the God who takes away everyone's free will so he can protect that. Um, and he asks, what good is free will if everyone is dead? She says, who is he to say they can't die trying um, and that he's replacing one nightmare with another? Sylvie says she's lived through enough apocalypses to know that sometimes it's okay to destroy something. Um, and then Loki kind of says, if there's a hope you can replace uh, that thing with something better. And I think in that moment, he's kind of like talking to himself. Mm. And so he time slips again. Uh, he time slips back to the loom um, right before everyone's thing was being destroyed. So he locks everyone. He, he kind of goes to where that blast door is, like right outside the radiation. And then there's another door that he, he locks. Uh, and so Sylvia and Mobius are on the other side of that. And they're like, what are you doing, Loki? You know, that kind of thing. So he tells Sylvie that he knows what he wants uh, and he knows what kind of God he wants to be for her and all of them. Uh, so Loki walks right out into the radiation. For some reason, I don't know exactly why he would do this, but he uses his magic to change into his old Loki costume with the horns and everything. Just for aesthetic purposes. That's what I was like. It's really just for the look, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, like I was surprised he wasn't burning up. Like the radiation wasn't like messing up his skin and everything. But you know, I guess he's a god. Like, I don't know. Well, you know, that's the thing though. So like, um, he's a god. So like, are you telling me in none of his Groundhog Days things before he he was like, well, me and Sylvie are gods. Like, if Timely can't do it, maybe right. one of us should I try. I definitely it. thought about that. Yeah, <laughs> he, he should have been the one going out there. You think at least one time. <laughs> And like, I mean, maybe he would be like, well, if I die, it's all over because no one else can time slip. But then he could have tried to convince Sylvie. Yeah. He could have been like, Sylvie, listen, I'm slipping through time. I can tell you this isn't going to work. You're God. It might work with you. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that is a plot hole yeah. if you think about it. Um, so yeah, he changes it into his old costume. He destroys the loom. And then this is where it kind of gets to where we were talking about before, where it kind of gets up to interpretation of what's going on. So he seemingly... he His power level is just... It's so uneven throughout the series. Like, sometimes he just, like, throws shadows on a wall and, like, whatever. And then sometimes he can, like, take a part of the a giant loom that's, like, constructed in space and stuff. I mean, I will say, in general, that's why I'm not the biggest fan of magic-based characters in superhero comics, because... It's basically always Deus Ex Machina powers. Yeah, they, they their powers do whatever the script needs them to do. Yeah, um, and like it, in this one, it's like this is clearly something that he's never done before, and he he did it like it was just common sense, like, right? <laughs> he's just like, oh, I've spent centuries learning physics. I'm sure this is possible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he destroys the loom, and what he does is he grabs on to all the. Um, timelines that are there and you can see he starts infusing them with his magic which is just a few timelines i i mean like it was growing to infinite so quickly like it was overloading the machine but he's got like 20 or 30 strands in his right hand. right <laughs> so yeah he grabs like as many as he can right there and he, he infuses them with his magic which turns them green and then like he this uh set of stairs appears he walks up there 
at the top of the stairs, there's a throne for him to sit on. Which so, he must have made, right? Cause, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Because why would that be the other way? <laughs> yeah, I think his magic just, you know, made all this stuff. Okay. So he sits in the throne, and he basically, you know, kind of wraps the vines around him into what looks like the world tree, kind of. Idrisil, yeah. Yeah. Which, I don't remember, in the Thor movie, did they, um, did Yggdrasil exist there? I don't remember that. I can't remember if they established. In the comics, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure, yeah. But I don't know if they ever, st- I can't remember if they established Yggdrasil in the in the movies. But this is what it reminded me of anyway, yeah. is like the whole tree of life thing. Mm-hmm. So my interpretation is that like him doing this, he's using his, concentrating his power to, I'm assuming both to stop even more timelines from being created, but keeping the ones that are there alive. Okay. So so there is a bit of a multiverse, but maybe not like an infinite verse. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know the purpose of this tree, what function it serves now. Like, I don't know. And, and my other thing is like, if he were to leave, would it all just die besides the sacred timeline? Right. Like, is he like Atlas? He's stuck there forever? That's the impression I got. That uh-huh. he's kind of, yeah, that's a good analogy. He's a, an Atlas type character. And he, if he leaves, uh, most of those timelines would die is what I think. Okay. But then, like, if that's the case, are they going to leave him that way forever? Or is something going to happen in the Kang movie where like, okay, most of the timelines do die, <laughs> you know, and there is no more multiverse? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is this is what I'm saying. It's definitely open ended. Like they can go in a lot of directions from here, you know. <laughs> um, open for interpretation. Yeah, for sure. The, I gotta say that's the one thing going out of this episode. I was wondering about the most mm-hmm. is like, you know, what does this mean exactly for the yeah. MCU? Yeah. Um. So back at the TVA, uh, the team goes back to work. Uh, we see they, they have a re- rebooted Miss Minutes, and they're kind of wondering if they can trust her. Um, which, now that I'm thinking of it, why would they reboot her? I guess she's, like, really useful. She does, like, all the stuff that they need her to, you know, all the minuscule, like, tedious tasks. She is, but if they even suspect her of still being in league with He Who Remains, it would be a terrible idea because of how powerful she is and how yeah. much stuff she controls. And she she holds a grudge. Like, she just turns on a dime based on her <laughs> own, like, emotions. She's an AI, but she has, like, emotions. And she seems like, she, yeah, she seems like she has nefarious purposes. Like, she, she holds a grudge is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, if they would have snuck some line in there of, like, um, you know, maybe Casey's like, oh, I rebooted, like, an early uh, version of Miss Minutes. And they're like, do you think... You know, do you think she's still corrupted? And he's like, well, I don't think so. You know, yeah. something like that. Then I would be maybe be like, okay. But I don't know. Otherwise, it seems a little dangerous. Yeah. Um, so Mobius gives B-15 reports on uh, the different variants of He Who Remains that have popped up. Um, and he directly uh, references Quantumania because he's he's like, oh, there was one in the 616 uh, timeline, uh, but they took care of him. Which is... <sighs> You know, I just have to revisit that and say it's so stupid to have Kang lose to Ant Man. So stupid. It was <laughs> I mean, they just nerfed the character so bad in that one. Yeah, thinking back on Quantumania, it's definitely one of the the weaker movies of 
phase four or whatever. Yeah. I mean, with Thanos, there was so much buildup. Like, he seemed like this big baddie, you know, like dangerous. But you have Kang lose to Ant-Man. It's like, uh. <laughs> I know. And the only thing you can say is like, well, it was a variant of Kang. Maybe he wasn't as powerful as like, you know, he who remains or what, you know, or yeah. smart. And what. But, but yeah, because I mean, Ant and that's the thing is Ant-Man is like famously like, you know, <sighs> One of the weaker, I guess. Yeah, he's no Spider-Man. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, even though technically with his powers, he, he is pretty powerful and can do, you know, a lot of stuff. But he, he's looked at as kind of the comic relief character. Yeah. And so to have him, you know, defeat Kang and, and where you first seeing Kang on the big screen, it, it, is a, it was a weird choice in my opinion. Yeah, it's like, it's, Kang is like almost, he's almost like Doctor Doom, you know? And you just wouldn't accept Ant-Man being Dr. Doom either. You know, like it just, it just doesn't, they're not on the same level. It'd be like once they introduce like Dr. Doom and like, uh, you know, um, Miss Marvel, like beats him or something. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. <clears throat> um, so Mobius tells B-15, uh, that he's going to leave the TVA and they have like this heartfelt goodbye. Um, we see OB opening a uh, second edition of the TVA handbook, which... Who made that? I was wondering that, too. <laughs> because, like, yeah, like, when was that made? Who who made it? Like, what's the significance of it? You know what I mean? Yeah, and... <sighs> Maybe it's just meant to represent that, like, you know, they operate differently and they don't prune the timelines and that okay. kind of stuff. I don't know, but, again, when would they have time? I, I mean, I guess technically... It doesn't say how much time has passed between when Loki did his tree trick and mm. these scenes, but it seems a bit soon. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we also see, you know, young Timely doing his experiments, but this time he doesn't get the book. Yeah. Um, okay, this I did also uh, didn't totally understand, and it seems like it's left kind of up to interpretation. So we see Renslayer waking up in the ruins of a destroyed TVA because. Um, they show the TVA seal, like, on well, the... On I'm pretty the, sure that's, like, the end of time, like, where Elioth is. Like, where, uh, where he, Loki he were, and Sylvie got pruned. Like, where they met all those other Lokis. Okay. I, that's what I was thinking, because it looked kind of... I remember that episode and thinking, yeah, it kind of looks similar to that. Yeah. I didn't remember... It showed, like, a pyramid in the background, and I was yeah, like... Yeah, because, like, uh, even in that episode, like, there was, like, all kinds of landmarks that were just randomly strewn about so i, I think that's in line with that's with where that is yeah. okay and then um we see that like something shows up and kind of bathes her in a purple light i think that's Elioth, the the creature that protects the protected the the citadel at the oh end of i forgot yeah what was it like a dragon kind of, or something or it was some big creature it was a giant like uh, it's hard to explain like a I don't know what it exactly okay. is. Now that you're saying that, because it's been so long since I watched season one, but now I vaguely remember there, there was like some sort of like, it was like a flying creature or something they had to fight. Yeah, like uh, it was that creature that uh, Timely said that he used to to prune out or burn out all the other kings when he fought them. Like he used that Elias to, to win the war. So uh, that creature actually devours time or timelines oh. or something like that. But uh, he, he, had, he had it there at the end of time. Okay. Um, so we get a scene where Mobius watches him, uh, self, uh, play with his, his sons. Now, when he was saying he was going to leave the TVA, like my thought was, okay, he's going to go and be the family man. Yeah. But now like he's watching himself, I guess in a different time period. I'm, I'm like, 
how does he insert himself in the t- you know so towards him and not him you know yeah i guess he has to figure out when he got taken away from that family and like try to fit oh and in, go like, back to that yeah exact time uh-huh. okay anyway sylvie shows up next to him to say goodbye to him uh she says she doesn't know where she's going uh gonna go and then we get an end scene with Loki sitting on his throne, uh, uh, you know, like you were saying, being Atlas, keeping the timeline safe. Yeah. Um, and that's how, how how we go out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I liked the episode quite a bit. But, you know, as we were talking, I'm like, <laughs> the, the whole, like, loom uh, stuff does still boggle my mind a little bit. It's so, like, abstract, you know? Like, I... I... I don't know what exactly changed between the loom before and now it being a tree version. Like I, I I'm not hundred percent sure what was settled there. Like, I guess now he, do, they don't have to prune anymore. Cause he's like maintaining it. Maybe that's it. I don't know. And like you said, like, cause they were like, you know, talking about when he's like, Oh, it's a scaling problem. Like this multiverse is popping up and there's, like an infinite number and it's like you said we saw him hold on to like (laughs) you know a handful of timelines but my thing is like well is whatever he's doing with his magic like is it just making it so there's these handful of timelines right or is is like you know we can't really see it but there he is actually like containing like an infinite number into this new world tree you know right because uh I mean, the loom's whole point was to to like to to scale and limit the number of timelines. So that's essentially what Loki's doing too. Like it's kind of a lateral movement, otherwise, right? Like, yeah, he's kind of the new the new loom. Yeah. But like, my thing is, is is if he's the essentially the new loom, like is his magic just more powerful than the loom? Right. That's also yeah. Is. He, it seems unlikely that he would be more powerful in the loom. Like, because that's one thing about the magic is like, there should be some sort of limit. Yeah. You wouldn't think he should be powerful enough to maintain an infinite number of timelines. Right, right. So, I, I don't know if it's just a handful or what. I mean, yeah, I'm also wondering, like, because it's a tree, like, does that does that have a function? Like, because it's in the form of a tree, like, does it... Is it function like what is that? What is the symbolic symbol? You know what is what's going on there? What is that? I was almost just like, is it because it looks cool? Is that why they? Is it just because it's Idrisil? That's I mean, I kind of think that's what they were taking it back to. Like, oh, it'd be cool to work Idrisil in some way. Yeah, and this is basically you know timelines with you know life basically, and even with mythology, it reminds me of like you know the whole like. threads the theories have or whatever you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and um so yeah it's 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 certainly interesting i don't know where they're going with it exactly i'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt that maybe i mean look he this is the first time he's ever done anything like this like i'm he's never played with a timeline before but right you know maybe the centuries of like learning physics and everything from obi and uh, timely maybe he figured how he could like work his magic into that sort of thing and figure out like how to uh, manipulate this whole situation. It's that whole line from Thor where he's like, uh, magic is just science. We don't understand. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Taken to the nth degree. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you know, even, even though we have that 
ambiguousness. Like, I still really like this. And, you know, it leaves us with, like, some... some Something to build on. Yes, some threads going into the future. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it. As long as, you know, they keep the writing the way it is, like, good, you know. Uh, I'm hoping that they've thought, like, 10 steps ahead on this, you know. They know what they're doing. They know what they're going to do in the future. I do hope for a season three that elaborates on everything we've seen and, like, even builds from here. And, you know, I, I, I don't want, like... It goes straight to, like, Secret Wars, and it's like, you know, Loki's just brought in at the end, like, oh, uh, I'm like a MacGuffin, you know, I can do something here at the end of time or something, or whatever the situation is. So I, I do hope they build more on this. You know, if they stick with their original plan, where, like, they have the Kang Dynasty movie, and then Secret Invasion, and, like, you, you gotta imagine that Secret Invasion, like, Doctor Doom's probably gonna be a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes me wonder if somehow Dr. Doom is going to play a role in, like, defeating Kang. I don't know. Yeah, I mean... Because uh, I don't know... They're, they're going to have that Fantastic Four movie as well, and I assume they're going to introduce Doom, mm-hmm. you know, at somewhat in yeah. the movie. And I do I do kind of hope that they they tie Doom and Kang together. Because in the comics, they're they're sort of... They're thought to be related, you know? Oh, yeah, you told me that once. How How does that go again? Uh, well, Kang might be a future descendant of uh, Doom, or he's either a descendant of Reed Richards. He's one of their descendants. It's kind of ambiguous in the comics, like which one it is. Like they, they I think they kind of switch back and forth sometimes. So, um, yeah, that's that's something there. Uh, I I think it'd be interesting to see like a relationship between Kang and Doom to some extent. You know, like them being kind of tied together in a way. That would be. I think it would make sense that Doom would be the antithesis of Kang. But also like uh, an offspring or offshoot of him, maybe or something like that. Yeah, or even bring that mystery, like introduce both Doom and Reed Richards, and have that mystery of like, yeah, you know, tell us that, you know, Kang is related to one of them somehow, yeah. and then like the reveal maybe. Yeah, I would appreciate that. That, that could be cool. Yeah. Um, what would your overall rating of this season be? You think out of ten? Uh, I gotta give it a solid at least nine out of ten. I think I'm going to go with 9 out of 10, too. I thought, very good. Yeah. I mean, it does leave you with maybe some, like I was saying, minor gripes, uh, possible plot holes. But overall, man, I thought this was really solid. I really enjoyed it. Yes, yeah, nothing that can't be a, uh, fixed or uh, t- you know touched on later on. So I think it's still in a position where it's, it's solid. It's great. You know. Yeah. Um, so in conclusion, if you didn't for some reason watch Loki, watch Loki. It's really good. Um, a little bit of uh, Marvel news came out today, um, or maybe it was in the last couple of days. I, don't, I can't remember now. Uh, but apparently now, um, so I guess Captain America 4 was going to come out next year. Mm. But now, like a summertime, I think. But now the plan, I guess, is Deadpool 3 is going to come out next year in that slot. And both Captain America 4 and Thunderbolts have been moved to 2025. So I think the only Marvel movie coming out next year now is Deadpool 3, unfortunately. I mean, I'm a little... That's kind of disappointing because uh, you would expect uh, King Dynasty and... uh what was the other King movie? Uh, there's Dynasty and there's another one. Well, Secret you, Wars. Secret Wars. You expect a lot of characters to be in those movies, like especially Secret Wars. You know, like the, the ones that they're going to start introducing now. I mean, I think the writer strike, which wrapped up or is wrapping up now, 
is what's pushing all these out. You think they'll push back uh, Secret Wars and uh, Dynasty? I think they'll have to. I think what yeah, it, what it, whatever their schedules for all those movies were, I think they'll be pushed back a year. So like, yeah. if Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars were originally coming out in 2025, they'll probably be 26. Or I I forget what the I forget what all the movies they announced were. It's like mm-hmm. I know there's Cap Four, Thunderbolts, Fantastic Four. I don't know if there was a. Oh, I think originally they had Blade in there, but I don't know. I don't have. Yeah. You know, Blade, I don't really care, but uh, I, with the problems it's having, it's probably going to be, you know, moved too. You know, I, I thought the Captain America show, I, I've heard a lot of people say this, and I do agree that it should have been a movie, you know, instead of a show, Winter Sol- uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Maybe, maybe, I didn't hate that show, to, but to me it was just kind of meh. Yeah. For I, kind of forgettable. I think instead of a six episode show that was kind of like, had lulls, like a movie might have been better. And uh, so this is going to be a movie, right? This yeah, it's a movie with um, you know Anthony Mackie being in the role of Cap. You know, I I like Captain America, the you know the original ones, and I think having a grounded character like it could be a good thing. So as long as the writing is good, it, it's something I think I'd look forward to. Yeah, I'm totally open to. The only thing is, is like I wonder about um, is you know Captain America because he took the super soldier serum was like super strong and so he you know really flung the shield around yeah. anthony mackie uh he shouldn't be able to do that really like he can use it to protect himself but he shouldn't be able to just like and i don't know maybe he won't do this but like if he starts flinging it around like uh steve rogers did that doesn't make much sense i uh, yeah i think he has to have super solar serum he has to something has to happen to oh, where, he, where he gets injected he gets strength it. like he, he can't you can't be captain america and not have somewhat above average abilities above human level ability so uh yeah i mean the thing he brings to it though is like he does know how to fly with the wings so that brings a aerial dynamic to his own. I, I don't even is he still using the wings um i can't remember if he did on the show but like if i was marvel i'd still let him use the wings just paint them red white and blue <laughs> <laughs> the wings are cool I, I would really appreciate if he had super solar strength. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. Maybe they, that could be a storyline. But, like, wasn't the whole thing in the comics is, like, you know, people keep trying to recreate the super soldier serum, but they can't. So it right. kind of makes Steve Rogers a one of a kind. Well, I mean, what about those um, what those guys who were in Falcon and Winter Soldier? Those, those people who were the bad guys, they all got super soldier strength. And so did uh, fake Captain America. Oh, that's right. I forgot about him. Yeah. I mean... He should definitely get it. <laughs> it just wouldn't be Captain America without some strength, you know? Didn't they also set up in that series that, like, towards the end that, um, um, I- I'm blanking on her name. Was it Sharon Carter? Like, she turned out to possibly be a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. She was the, um, the big arts dealer and, like, she was, I guess, yeah. selling all kinds of illegal stuff. Right, right. In that, like, city or whatever. She, she turned bad. She broke bad. Um, I wonder, yeah, I wonder how big of a character she becomes later on. Maybe she's like a Thunderbolts villain or something, or I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, I was wondering where they're going to pick up her storyline. Yeah. Or if it'll... Or maybe she'll just be like that useful person who always able to get you whatever you need, you know, sort of thing. Like, oh, you need this weapon? Okay, I can get that. You need wings? I'll get those for you, you know, something like that. Who knows? You know, I thought it was interesting, like, that Echo show, um... They said it's going to be a first, the first show in what they're calling like uh, their first spotlight show, mm-hmm. which means that it's not going to have like um, 
ramifications into like the movies so that it's it's basically just to let you know like this is completely optional like it doesn't add to like the bigger mcu picture Mm -hmm. and so i kind of wonder like how many of their series going forward are going to be spotlight series as opposed to you know oh no this will you will see this carried forward in the movies you know i don't hate that but at the same time i don't think they should like completely write out the the chance of putting somebody in a movie if they fit you know right so i mean like uh secret wars or whatever like i know it's gonna be like a big conflict with like high level characters powerful characters and stuff but i mean secret wars has everybody you know like maybe maybe she plays like a small role like you know i don't think they should completely like write off characters like that either my only thing is though is like they can't possibly expect everybody to be like us and be watching both the shows and the movies. True. Yeah. And I'm just like, eventually it's going to get to the point where people are watching a movie and they're like, wait, I, I remember seeing that Sharon lady in like five movies back and I thought she was a good guy. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? True. And it's like, so how do they introduce her in a movie and be like, you know, oh yeah, and she's, you know. Exposition. Expo- <laughs> yeah, just a lot of exposition. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I think, you know, Marvel is right now taking a step back, you know, both with the Daredevil show, you know, they're realigning their TV stuff. And, you know, so I'm hopeful. A lot of people are like down on the MCU right now, but I'm hopeful that they'll be able to straighten the ship. And and we're still like, you know, we're getting Loki. We're still getting good stuff. So, yeah, I mean, Loki... I think it definitely revived Marvel. You know, it at least um, showed that they can pump out quality content. Yeah, for sure. They can still do it. Um, and I'm, I'm very intrigued by Kang. You know, I, I, I'm all in on this character. You know, I, I like him a lot. <laughs> now we'll, uh, Jonathan Majors will get convicted and they'll be like, nah, we're going a different way. <laughs> I hope he doesn't. Like, I, I hope he's innocent is what I mean to say. Right, right, I hope right. he's innocent. Um yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to see him continue the role. I think he's done a good job, you know. Uh, but, you know, if they do replace him, I hope it's, you know, a great actor, too. Oh, yeah. Any number of people could replace him if they need to do yeah, that. Yeah. I, I would just hope they don't, uh, you know, like in that article where they were like, oh, maybe we just pivot to Dr. Doom. And, yeah. No, don't do that. Yeah. Just don't, don't do that. Don't flush this down the toilet. Right. Like right. Yeah. You've set up some good stuff here, so don't do that. Yeah. Well, AJ, any final thoughts before we wrap up today's show? Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the future projects. Just, I'm, I'm still a big Marvel fan, and uh, let's see what happens in the future. For sure. All right, guys. Well, we thank you very much for uh, following along today. Um, if you will, please subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, subscribe in audio form on your podcast catcher of choice. Uh, leave us thumbs up, comments, positive reviews. You can follow me on Twitter slash X at Zach Jones Live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. And that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care.